Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is August 8th. As the world continues to move towards a greener future, uranium has been a key catalyst in this transition. As many junior mining companies race to become a part of this change, Saskatchewan-based explorer Fission Uranium has done notable work to separate itself from the crowd. Managing Director and Head of Equity Research David Talbot is here to discuss the research team's recent coverage initiation of the story. Next, Alina Islam, mining analyst, has news on Grounded Lithium's recent PEA for their Kindersley project in Saskatchewan. Rounding out the episode, BP mining analyst Taylor Combalusier is here to provide updates on Torque Resources' Santa Cecilia drill results in Chile. So with that, Dave, over to you. Thank you for that introduction, and welcome to episode 50 of Red Cloud Security's Research Roundup podcast. I'm David Talbot, Managing Director and Head of Research here at Red Cloud, and we are pleased to join you today as part of an ongoing series of discussions with the Red Cloud Research Team. Last week, we initiated coverage of Fission Uranium with a buy rating and a $1.50 target price. Fission is not a banking client, and neither Red Cloud nor I own the stock. But Fission is a company that I have covered almost continuously for the past 12 years, well prior to its triple R discovery, since when its predecessor company, Fission Energy, was discovering the J-Zone deposit in the eastern Athabasca Basin. Fission Energy was later acquired by Denison, but its other assets and cash were spun out into Fission Uranium. And almost immediately, triple R was discovered from high-grade boulders at the Patterson Lake South, or PLS, property. And I visited that site about seven or eight times, most recently last month. Now, Fission owns 100% of its PLS uranium project, and it's located on the southwest edge of the Athabasca Basin. This large land package hosts the triple R deposit, and that consists of five high-grade basement-hosted zones over 3.2 kilometers of strike, but only three of those were included in the feasibility study mine model. Triple R is a world-class uranium project. It's in the top-ranked mining jurisdiction of Saskatchewan, and discovered in 2012, it's now in the latter stages of design and permitting. Fission is now working on its EIS, with submittal anticipated in 2024, and potential provincial approvals in 2025, and federal license approval in 2026. It is supported by locals and stakeholders. They have signed six Indigenous right holders funding and communication support agreements, and we anticipate four of these to advance to impact benefit agreements. We believe the feasibility study in hand and pending IBAs will lead to permitting and a construction decision by 2026. Initial production is slated for 2028 or 2029. The decision to mine from underground will help maintain a small footprint and minimize environmental impact, namely the elimination of the berm or need to move the highway. The high-grade basement-hosted deposit is not technically challenging, and it supports low-cost and robust economics as outlined in the 2023 feasibility study. And we anticipate share price appreciation as the project is further de-risked. There are key attributes we like about the PLS project. First of all, it's a tier one asset in a top mining jurisdiction. Saskatchewan was third ranked in 2022. Second, Triple R deposit has one of the largest and highest grade uranium resources. There is 130 million pounds of indicated and inferred at 1.78% and probable reserves total 94 million pounds at 1.4%. Third, It has a robust economic profile. 
The 2023 feasibility study used a large high-grade resource to support a long-life, low-cost operation with bottom-of-the-quartile costs. After-tax MPV is 1.2 billion, IRR 27.2%, and there is a quick payback of 2.6 years using $65 a pound. Over a 10-year life of mine, PLS is due to produce 9.4 million pounds per year, with average annual after-tax cash flows of 264 million Canadian. Four, the basement characteristics lower risk, and this provides a competitive advantage. As we keep saying, Triple R is a near-surface, basement-hosted and high-grade deposit, and it's actually the only project like this in the basin. And because it's a basement-hosted deposit, we believe that fission can mitigate several risks associated with deposits that sit at the unconformity. And that includes water penetration and alteration issues that really result in a less-than-competent rock. Plus, economical long-hole and mechanical cut-and-fill methods are going to be used. Five, minimal environmental footprint for low environmental impact. As we mentioned earlier, the competent nature of RRR supports underground mining. The highway won't be moved, but the mine will be built around it. And old growth jack pine forest and heritage resource sites will also be avoided. Plus, the tailings management facility will be dug into the overburden. So the result here is less environmental impact. Point six, significant exploration potential remains. The feasibility study incorporated only three of the five resource zones, and all of those lie above just 300 meters. The two remaining zones are likely to make meaningful additions to resources once they're fully drilled. And once those are drilled, we think they can get into the mine plan as well. Plus, only about 5% of PLS has been explored, and exploration is anticipated to ramp up. Finally, our valuation is derived using a DCF for the PLS project, plus adjusting for other items including cash, 30 million pounds of additional resource value, and other things. Our target is based on a 0.9 times some of the parts derived NAV per share of a buck 61 Canadian. Our model does deviate a little bit from the feasibility study. Our life of mine forecast is 13 years, which is higher than feasibility study plans of 10 years adding life of mine given its existing resource base. Our model forecasts average annual production of about 9.2 million pounds versus 9.4 million pounds in the feasibility study, but we use 120 million pounds total production versus 94 million pounds in the feasibility study due to that extra three years of mine life. Our average operating cost estimates are about 9% higher than those used in the feasibility study at just over $14 a pound Canadian. And our after-tax NPV is estimated at 1.6 billion Canadian, which is about 33% higher than the feasibility study. Our initial enclosure capital costs are in line with the study at 1.2 billion Canadian and 74 million Canadian respectively, but we are increasing sustaining capital costs due to the longer life of mine. And finally, we anticipate 80% debt coverage. Upcoming catalysts for fission uranium include the environmental impact assessment submittal in 2024, continuing front-end engineering and design, regional exploration at PLS increasing this year and next, ongoing financing discussions and offtake agreements, final EIA approval and CNSC license in 2025 and 2026, and hopefully beginning of construction in 2026 and beginning of production by 2028-2029. So we definitely like this one. We think it's a leader in the uranium sector, 
And as fission uranium de-risks further, namely along the permitting path, we believe there will be share price appreciation. So once again, we're initiating coverage of fission uranium with a buy and a $1.50 target price. Let's leave it at that. Alina, what would you like to speak about today? Uh, this week, I wanted to talk about Grounded Lithium that just released a preliminary economic assessment on their Kindersley Lithium Brine project, which is located in Saskatchewan. So Grounded is listed on the TSXV Undertaker GRD. We have a buy rating and $1.75 target on the stock. And I would note that Grounded is a banking client. So last week, Grounded put out their PEA, which contemplates development of the Kindersley project over several phases. But this PEA was only um, for the first phase of production, which contemplates 11,000 tons of battery-grade lithium hydroxide monohydrate, or LAHM, per year. So the PA outlined an after-tax NPV, assuming a discount rate of 8% of about 1.3 billion Canadian dollars and an IRR of 49.5%. Now, when we compare these metrics to some of Grounded's peers in the region, I must say that these are pretty solid results, uh, especially considering some of the inflationary pressures that have been plaguing the mining industry as of late. The study only assumes a mine life of 20 years, but given its current resource base of 4.2 million tons LCE, which we believe has uh, room to grow further, this resource can support a longer mine life as well as additional phases of production. Other metrics from the study include capital costs of 447 million Canadian dollars and operating costs of about $5,200 per ton of LHM. These capital and operating costs stack up very well against other PEA metrics from potential DLE and lithium brine operators. So reagents and power represent the largest components of operating costs and in the upcoming PFS, power generation alternatives will be considered to bring this cost down. I'd urge listeners to take a look at the note we published on this last week, where we show how sensitive our NAV estimates are to reagent and power costs, LHM prices, as well as recovery rates. The PEA also assumes an LHM price of $25,000 a ton, which we would note is still well below current pricing levels, but this only goes to show the revenue growth potential of the project. I would also note that we have seen reports recently of lithium carbonate prices coming down in China, but we still continue to maintain a positive outlook on the lithium market and forecast long-term lithium hydroxide prices of US dollar 28,000 a ton, uh, which is roughly in line with what's already in the study. So overall with this PEA, we believe Grounded has de-risked the Kindersley project but we continue to remain focused on the construction and operation of the field pilot plant, which we believe is the next major de-risking step for the project. We focus on the pilot plant as DLE technology, which Grounded will be utilizing for the operation and partnering with Coke Technology Solutions, has yet to be proven uh, to be commercially viable. Construction of the plant is anticipated to begin later this year and is expected to be complete by mid to late 2024. That's all from me. Over to you, Taylor. This week, I'll be speaking about torque resources, which we do not yet rate. Torque reported results for the first two drill holes at the Cerro del Medio target added Santa Cecilia Gold Copper Porphyry Project in Chile. 
The project is located adjacent to Newmont and Barrick's Norte Abierto project. The two holes were drilled 700 meters apart and they intersected higher grade mineralization than what was historically drilled in 2012. Torque plans to resume drilling following the Andean winter in the fourth quarter. The highlight result was 0.38 grams per ton gold, 0.23% copper, and 56 parts per million molybdenum over 557 meters from a downhole depth of 442 meters. This intercept represents an 81% increase in the gold grade from the historical intercept drilled in 2012. However, the new 557 meter interval had a 60 meter section averaging 0.47 grams per ton gold, while the remainder averaged only 0.1. So this boosted the overall grade of the intercept. It was drilled vertically above the 2012 intercept and mineralization remains open vertically and laterally. The Cerro del Medio system remains open and the strong sericite chloride alteration observed with increasing grades in the highlight hole are vectors towards potentially higher grade mineralization and a potassic core or causative intrusion to the south and towards the east. We view these initial results positively as they confirm Cerro del Medio contains porphyry mineralization over broad widths and provide vectors that should help Torque locate the potentially higher grade causative intrusion. We believe it is still very early days at Santa Cecilia and that investors have an opportunity to enter the stock before a potential high grade discovery. Drilling is planned to resume in the fourth quarter with an additional 10 to 12,000 meters to focus on Cerro del Medio along with the Percus Norte and Gamelos Norte porphyry targets where Torque recently released rock sampling results. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed this dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes. And as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.